Craig, have you seen my shit? What's that for? Protection. Protection? Protection from who? Here, smoke you. I got to walk Smokey down to his house. Oh, man. Your mother and I never would have moved in this neighborhood if we had known you need a gun to walk down the damn street. No, it is right here. Oh, no, son. That's not the way it is. You kids are there nothing but punks. Sissified. So quick to pick up a gun. You're scared to take an ass whipping. This one makes you a man. When I was growing up, this was all the protection we needed. You win some, you lose some. But you live, you live to fight another day. And you think you're a man with a gun in your hand, don't you? I'm a man without it. Put the gun down. Come on, put up your dukes. Now you're a man. Your uncle picked up a gun too. He had to find out the hard way. 22 years old. You got a choice. He's all you need. All right? Welcome back to the WAWG Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Stevenson. And this is episode 23. Honestly, never mind. Um, of course, I want to open up the podcast by saying, you know, 
give y'all a quick little update. I am currently going through an injury um, that I sustained while working out recently. Um, that's why it's a little delayed. You're hearing this podcast today on Friday instead of yesterday. It would be Thursday. Um, I suffered an injury, and I was I had to delay the podcast. But, you know, I still got y'all. You know, y'all still my main priority. So, we're going to get to it. Um, of course, I want to do a self-reflection, as I do every week. Um, to start off the podcast, I want to say um, my current state of mind is um, currently... I'm currently in a in a funk, like I'm in like a in a um, state of mind where I'm battling uh, my inner beings. Um, I'm battling becoming comfortable, becoming complacent, and you and um, I'm at the point where my motivation is kind of lingering. It's on. It's tilting right now. You know, I always um, go into things full head of steam. I try to have going. I try to go into new things that I'm trying, go into new programs that I'm trying, and I try to put my all into it. And I try to just stay motivated through it. But you also can become burnt out, and you become less interested after a while if you lean too heavy on your motivation. Um. So currently, I'm not saying that I'm done working out. I'm not saying I'm done doing this, done, done. I'm not saying that at all. But listen to your body. Listen to your inner being. Listen to your gut. Listen to that inner you. And you'll get all the answers you need for yourself. Um, currently, I'm going to be taking a break. When I say a break, I mean like a few days three days, four days, basically the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to not only heal from my injury, get somewhat healed, but also write down my goals for the next six months. Um, I started, you know, I started this whole thing basically as a New Year's resolution. And who can say that they still here doing what they said they was going to do on New Year's? I know I can. So, and I hope you can too. Um, it's been six months, but I feel that like I'm I'm my own, you know, biggest critic. I feel that um, I haven't reached my my full potential, so to speak, within that. Um, I feel like I've been real. I'm my biggest critic, so when I, I'm looking at myself in the mirror, you know, when nobody's around, when nobody's here, nobody understands, well, you know, really what I have to go through my process of me, you know, getting to where I got to be or to me progressing, especially within the last six months. Um, people don't understand the diet change. People don't understand the sacrifice, the dedication, the hard work, the the self-discipline that you have to have in order to make these, you know, drastic improvements, drastic changes to yourself. Currently, I'm feeling that I don't look as strong as I should be. Now, my weight, I've gained substantial weight, not like, you know, obese wise and like unhealthy weight, but I have gained a lot of muscle mass within the last six months. I reached my goal halfway throughout the year for because I set a goal for the whole year to get to a certain weight and I already accomplished that goal 
six months within a year. Oh, six months within the um, new year. So it's that's a good thing. That's a that's a positive thing. But the, but in actuality, I feel like I I have so much more work to do, um, and I have to understand that you have to add this regimen to your training and to your lifestyle. That is, it's better to work smarter, not harder. So going into the next six months, I'm gonna take these next few days. I'm gonna get in touch with my inner self. I'm gonna spend time with my inner self, time that I normally don't really have because I'm either always I'm working, working out. I'm always out. I'll never really have time to myself. I never really have time to sit down and think about what my next move is going to be. So I'm going to take these next few days as 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 days of self-reflection, self-improvement, self-importance. I'm going to write down my goals for the next six months. I'm going to write down my training regimen for the next six months. I'm going to write down my diet uh, plan for the next six months. Um, it's a lot of things that I want to start doing. You know, I want to start meal prepping. I'm going to start meal prepping. I'm already kind of meal prep now, but for the next two, three, for the next two meals, which is lunch and dinner, I'm going to actually have a a specific plan, specific plan that I'm going to have in place to um reach my 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 goals within my diet. And my breakfast is always the same every day, but. For lunch and dinner, since I'm not in the house during those times, lunch and dinner, I will have to be very smart and I have to be very key and prone and pay attention to how I'm going to go about those things. Um, yeah, man, it's real. That's real important to me is getting into that and and making sure that I'm you know, not causing any injuries, that I'm working smarter, I'm actually gaining strength, you know, the right way. I'm going to change my whole training regimen. I'm going to be more focused on compound lifts and mass gain, like not mass as in dietary mass, but mass as in performance and training and weights. I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm just going to change my whole regimen on certain days to work smarter not harder and i look forward to the next six months and seeing what the results may bring you know it's okay to change it's okay to go back to the drawing board and you know fix tweak some things that you need adjusting you know i'm not perfect i can give you a lot of advice i can give anybody a lot of advice about fitness but you know i'm not perfect i do get caught up in comparing myself comparing my body comparing my plan comparing my journey Sometimes to people that I think are like, you know, higher up in their journey. Um, you know, if I am comparing myself to somebody, it's comparing myself to somebody that's in the same field as me. And I feel like I'm I, I want to be there one day. So I got to put in that extra work. But also you can be caught in your negative thoughts and comparing your life and comparing your your lane to their lane. They may have been doing it for far longer than you. Or they're just now starting, and you're in your lane, you're in the middle. So you have to stay focused on your um, lane and keep your eyes on the road and do whatever you got to do necessary to stay on, stay in your lane, to stay on that road, stay at your speed, stay at your pace. Um, and we all can kind of get caught up into comparing our lives. You know, comparison is the killer of all joy. And I have to keep that in mind within my journey, within my next six months and further on throughout my life.
that uh comparison is the killer of all joy. Um, I want to say, you know, we got Father's Day weekend coming up. I want to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day to all the stepfathers out there. You know, taking care uh, of kids. You know, having that responsibility, owning up to that responsibility. Uh, I want to say Happy Father's Day to my dad. Uh, I know you're hearing this. Uh, you might be hearing this before Father's Day, but I still want to say Happy Father's Day to you. I love you with all my heart. You know, things may not have been what we planned, you know, growing up, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It made me who I am today. And you grew you grew in the, within the process, and I grew as well. Like, we're more connected now than we've really ever been, you know, when, we, when I was young. And I want to thank you, you know, for coming and showing me, you know, an example of what a man is supposed to do, giving me intellect on my history, uh, sending me books to read, uh, motivating me, uh, giving me my 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 little sister, my little brother, and just being there for me. You know, when I, especially in my older years, when I was in the last few years, you know, I want to really thank you, you know, for being there, somebody to talk to, somebody to open up to, um, that I didn't, I, I ain't really have nobody really to open up to, you know, growing up or talk about how my, how I felt, talk about my ongoing feelings, you know, I appreciate you dearly for, for being there for me, them, you know, time you have been there for me, I, I appreciate everything, I appreciate every second, even though, you know, I can't, I don't really see you as much. I still appreciate everything that you've done for me, the time that you've done for me, hard work. Um, I admire the hard work. I admire all that stuff. All that, all that stuff doesn't go unnoticed. You know, and I appreciate you. Love you. Um, we also have Juneteenth coming up on the same day as Father's Day, June 19th. Um, and, you know, I want to get into a little bit about Juneteenth. If you really don't know anything about Juneteenth, Juneteenth is a federal holiday um, in the United States. Uh, it's basically a day where it's celebrated within the Emancipation Proclamation of Enslaved African Americans. Um... They say it's also observed for celebrating African-American culture. Um, it's, it originated in Texas. Um, it's basically a day where the last day, the last remaining slaves were freed. Because you, as I told you before, the Emancipation Proclamation didn't free all of the slaves. It didn't free slaves anyway. It didn't free slaves, period. But the actual day that the last slaves were freed, quote-unquote freed, was June 19th. And the question I want to bring about it is, do we even need to celebrate this? Do we, you know, why are we celebrating this? Like, is it necessary that we celebrate Juneteenth? In my opinion, I don't understand the point of celebrating it because, yeah... We celebrating our ancestors and you know things like that, but in reality, like in the in the 
in the reality of the situation, in the present tense of the situation, they're just reminding of reminding us of slavery. They're just reminding us that we used to be slaves. When you look at it and you think about the Holocaust, right? Do they have a Holocaust day or a concentration camp day? No. Like they don't have those type of days. So to remind the Jews of them being, you know, forever lasting and escaping and the concentration camps. Do they have a day like that? I don't think so. So why do we need to have a day like that here in America to remind us of our slavery? I think we all, I think we, by now, you heard how I talk. I think we all know the answer to that question. It's still a form of being controlled. It's still a form of programming. It's still a form of institutionalized um, psychotic psychology, actually, within the brain and within ourselves. You know, they want us to. They want us to see it visually. They want us to keep buying into this false propaganda. Um, within Juneteenth, you're gonna see a lot of stuff like they're gonna have like certain ice cream for say, uh discounted. They're gonna have, I think specifically it's like red velvet ice cream, something like that, cheesecake ice cream, and then they got like watermelon sales on sale and stuff like that. Like you see the, you see the the stereotypes and you see the type of things that they portray within our image. Like it's kind of, it's not even kind of, it is alarming you know what I mean like I don't know if y'all noticed or not but how old were you when you found out that the watermelon stereotype on black people came from white people hating on the success of black farmers making a fortune while selling the fruit that's the background behind that like they use the stereotypes to slow down sales and taint our view on our thriving businesses yeah, that's when you had the the cartoons and stuff like eating the the cartoons and blackface, eating the watermelon, things like that. They had those type of things, and just that, not even it's more stereotypes, of course, but just that one right there, for example, shows the the, the psychology behind it. They want to keep institutionalizing us within our brain, keep programming us, keep ha- keep us stuck in the second place. And it's our job to understand that there's a plot to remove our black history within our black leaders as well, as well as us, but more so our black leaders, because black leaders, in this case, such as the black farmers back then that were making a fortune in their own business. Nowadays, and in the modern times, it's been a plot to destroy, remove um, the history between our black leaders, whether it be Dr. King, whether it be Malcolm X, whether it be Fred Hampton, whether it be Mega Everest, whether it be the Black Panther Party, um, whether it be Dr. Khalid Muhammad, whether it be James Baldwin, Asada Shakur, you know, Angela Davis. I can go on and on and on. All right. Um, Stoley Carmichael, Huey P. Newton. It's, it can, I can go on and on and on. 
but it's always been a a ongoing plot to destroy the outspoken. You got to remember, they don't want people to tell the truth. They don't want people to understand their true heritage, understand their true place in society, understand their, their worth and their self-value. They want people to be controlled. They want to control society. They want to make sure that we don't get our just due. They just want to give us the crumbs that's left on the plate. They don't want to give us the whole meal. You know? Um, nowadays, it's, it's the focus has changed on being institutionalized within technology rather than um, blatant, like, media presence, like newspapers and news broadcast back then you had you didn't have social media so in order to know who Malcolm X was in order to know who Dr. King was and know who these people was you had to go outside nowadays you don't have to go outside to know anything you could just look up the videos on your phone and within the comforts of your own home or wherever you're at and that can institutionalize and that can program your mindset into believing a certain type of thing, a certain type of theory. Um, that's what they use. Why you think when you talking, you may say something about a sweater, a gray sweater, and then a few hours later, you look up on Instagram and it's an ad for a gray sweater because they're listening to you. It's a it's an inner chip within your device that they're that's that's programming itself. To to make you buy or to make you do or to make you say or to make you think whatever it is that you, you know, re- previously said. And within that, it's always been an ongoing plot, like, to destroy our history. Um, you know, like, people like J. Edgar Hoover which were the first, he was the first director within the FBI. And, you know, he was the man that was behind the killings of all these people I just named. Dr. King, Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, the Black Panther Party. He institutionalized and made, and he psychologically damaged Huey, Huey P. Newton. Not him specifically, but he played a major big hand, poker hand, in doing so. Um... It was a lot, also James Baldwin, it was a lot that that J. Edgar Hoover did that, that doesn't get taught, that doesn't get um, explained enough in society. Um, they completely shadow and they completely don't talk about him to cover up everything that he was doing, to cover up all the all the um, evil, devilish, satanic things that he was doing back then. He was also um, a part of the Kennedy administration. Um, He was also mob-affiliated, which is a given because, you know, the government is connected. Um, So that goes hand in hand. He was also... Uh, a homosexual where in a time where homosexuality wasn't really like 
it wasn't focused on within society standpoint. It was still looked down upon. Look, it was still frowned upon. It wasn't a part of the everyday regimen. It wasn't part of the society's focus. And he single-handedly, along with others, of course, he wiped out a total, you know, generation of black leaders who 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 were for the people, who wanted change, wanted to change society and hold America to the land of the free uh, point of view that they always say that they were. And also the status that they made um, present within the United States. It was... It was all a plan to get us against us. And to keep us institutionalized within ourselves. And to keep us very hell-bent on losing focus and losing ourselves within the process. I feel like nowadays we've lost, we've been lost with reality. We've been lost with having touch and reality and, and maintaining and sustaining a certain level of discipline and disobedience excuse me, in obedience with ourselves. It's been a real tough last, what would you say, 60, 70 years? It's been like within the modern day technology, within since the invention of the camera and the TV, telephone, things like that. It's been real. The focus changed on being literally told and 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 controlled and getting told when and when you cannot eat, getting told that you had to go pick cotton, all this type of stuff, free labor, to totally shifting the focus to an industrial institutionalized mindset. Um, That's where after the Great Depression, of course, it was very... It was very sustainable for the elites to make sure that they keep the money and they make, you know, substantial profit and within the country to grow economically because they never wanted to be, be in a recession again. They never wanted to go into a depression again. So they did whatever they could by any means necessary to keep that as the main focus within the country. That's where, you know, the Uncle Sam, you know, they really made it prone to endorse the Uncle Sam. You started seeing commercials about Uncle Sam. You started seeing um, cartoons in the newspaper with Uncle Sam, which is, you know, taxes, things like that. They started to tax heavily, real, real heavily, you know, ever since then. Um, and the, the, not even the theory, but the truth behind all the killings of these people, all rooted within the FBI, all were planned attacks. And there was a lot of, you know, crabs in the barrel mentality within our community, within the black community, that allowed 
the higher power that allowed them to creep in into our, you know, vicinity and destroy our black leaders and kill our black leaders and try to totally remove their message, totally remove their theory, totally remove their their statements and their messages regarding the truth. Especially people like Fred Hampton and Malcolm X and Dr. Khalid Muhammad. They, nowadays, the only way you hear about them names is if you go on YouTube. They're not being talked about really as much anymore, especially like Fred Hampton. You can you barely can find any real speeches of him talking. You know, now they have the movie Judas and the Black Messiah, but that movie really faced that movie was really focused on the informant, which was William O'Neill, who was black, FBI informant who was black, that basically gave the green light to where Fred Hampton was staying at, to Fred Hampton's message, to Fred Hampton's this, to Fred Hampton's that. And it led to Fran Hampton being killed, kind of like how Breonna Taylor, within the last two years, got killed. Ran into his house, blasting shotguns, blasting, shooting. Babies in the babies in the bed sleep with Fred. His woman is next to him sleep. Other members of the Black Panther Party is in the same house sleep, and it's just gunshots. And they said that it was five out five, five minutes felt like five hours. And I can only imagine that that chain of events um, that traumatizing chain of events and they led that led to the killing of a revolutionary that led to the killing of one of the one of the greatest young leaders to ever talk to ever speak and he was 21 years old when he passed I'm 20 and he was 21 talking like that and was a revolutionary, you know. Yeah, he didn't have a degree from Harvard. He didn't have the best education, but that don't matter. That doesn't matter when you know right from wrong. That doesn't matter when you know your self-worth, when you know your rights. You know the rights that you should be dealt. You know the rights that should be given to you. It doesn't matter at all. And he was all for him. He was all for his people and all about his people, just like Malcolm X, just like Dr. King. You know, just like the Black Panther Party, Dr. Khalid Muhammad, James Baldwin, they were all about their people. And they were not going to be controlled by the white man's word. Now, it, 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 it led to their demise in a way because they were rebels from society. It wasn't a part of them. It wasn't a part of the cult. You know, so if you have 10 people that don't like you and you and it's just you. You go into a room with ten people who don't like you. What do you think will happen to you? What do you think? Do you do you have the balls? Do you have the 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 power to go within that room with those ten people that don't like you? And those type of people right there. It was. It's of course there's more, um, plenty more, but those type of people right there, they went into those rooms. And said what they had to say, and let their and let the truth be known, and let their philosophy and how they thought and how how we thought they spoke for us. They spoke for the people that didn't have a voice. Basically, they spoke for us, and they let us have a 
have a voice in society and they were willing to die for the cause that they that they presented. And you know, we have to understand that there's always been a plot to destroy our black leaders and to make and to make them not as quote unquote important as they should be. You know, and it's it's a it's a real big issue. That's a real big issue that I have with us as a as a race is that we don't really find importance in understanding those plots that killed those people that were all for us and trying to better us and we don't understand that they were willing to die for the cause and they were willing to die for whatever change that could come within the future. Uh, I don't believe that without, you know, Dr. King, without Malcolm X, without Fred Hampton, without the Black Panther Party, without James Baldwin, without without Dr. Khalid Muhammad, that we would get to where we to where we are today. Even though we're not in total control, we're not in total freedom, we're still ten steps ahead of where we were in the sixties to where we were in the thirties and forties and fifties where our great grandmas, our grandmas were born. You know? And that's what's most important I feel like going forward is the understanding that yes, we have take a few steps ahead, but we need to make sure that we don't take a few steps back. We need to change the focus. We need to understand these type of things. We need to value these people. Instead of valuing like, you know, entertainers all the time and holding them to God level status, we need to understand that these people right here were willing to die for the cause that they may bring. And certain in certain ways, in a certain people in the entertainment industry, whether it be music um, art, sports, etc. There have been people that have been willing to die for the cause that they may bring. And a lot of them have died for the cause. And, you know, they were willing to die for us. They were willing to die for, to make change to, and to relay their message and to, and to spark the next you know, generation's mind, spark the next kid's mind that that will change society. And that's what I feel like that's what it's all about. Um that's the 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 true diamond in the rough, that's the true gem that goes un that goes unnoticed. That those type of people existed. And it's okay to be like that. It's okay to be a rebel. It's okay to be willing to die for whatever you put your mind to. It's okay, you know that you can put that not even just with politics, not even just with, with with society and us trying to you know black people. You can put that within your own life goals. If you're not willing to go, not willing to push through an injury, not willing to get up when you haven't got enough sleep, not willing to you know make these type of sacrifices within yourself, how do you expect to get better? How do you expect to move five steps forward, ten steps forward? If you're not even willing to do the little things, you're not even willing to, you know, do the things that really matter um, in the long run. You know, if you work out uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 
And you do that for, for, for however many days, however many weeks, however many months, you're going to see some progress, right? But what happens if you work out on the weekend as well as to your three Monday, Wednesday, Friday? You're going to see drastic results because on the weekend, most people are doing what? Having fun, going out. They're not working out. They're not putting themselves through them extra reps. You got to think of, you know, things like that. Your goals. You got to think of your goals and your and, and your aspirations like that. You have to think of. You have to speak them. Excuse me. You have to speak them into existence. You have to manifest everything. The power of manifestation is real. Your mind is is endless. Your mind is capable of things that you don't even understand, that you not even that you don't even know that's capable. The mind is a real complex thing, and as long as you got control of your mind and control of yourself, your inner being, your inner will, you got to push yourself. You will accomplish those things that you've always set forth. And whatever it may be, you know, you just gotta, you know, it's okay to sometimes take a step back. Like I said earlier, it's okay sometimes to take a step back. And go back to the drawing board, you know, and challenge yourself. Take that extra time. Take that break. It's okay to make sure you don't burn out, to make sure that you're all rested, you all held up, you know, and, you, and you're all for it. You're all for the process. Because um, if you lean so heavily on motivation, if you lean so heavily on 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 hope, you lean so heavily on wishing and, you know, things like that, like praying and things like that, instead of actually doing, instead of actually doing things that calls for action, instead of actually putting your money where your mouth is, then you won't, you won't uh, reap the benefits of seeing results. You have to be willing to do the things that, 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 that the average person would not do in order to, see those little small results not even small but the little things matter the most the little things is going to equal the big things in the long run understand what i'm saying and that's that's really all it really takes is a shift of focus whether it be you know politics society the race our race our ethnicity your personal goals your personal feelings whatever you aspire to be you can use that same regimen that I just said and put that towards anything. You know what I mean? I want to touch on, you know, Drake's album, Honestly Nevermind, which is the title of this episode. I'm a surprise drop. It was a surprise album drop. We didn't know we was going to get this. He literally announced it six hours before. He announced it around like six, seven o'clock um, on Thursday. And it came out midnight Friday. So I've already heard it. I've already heard um, most of the songs. I, I, um, seeing the reviews, actually, you can get to that first. Seeing the reviews of it, it's actually pretty hilarious. You know, people saying, you know, how, you know how people are. They're going to call an album trash within the first 24 hours. You know how people are. And then they're going to hear it in different locations. You're going to hear it in different you know, spaces, and you're going to be like, oh, this shit really is fire. You know, so going into it, I had to listen to it. I had to, first, I had to look at the joint, and it said dance. 
I was like, okay, I was expecting a rap, like an actual rap album, like how Drake is, right? A few rap tracks, a few R&B tracks, a few radio tracks, cool. But this one is specifically a dance um, album, you know what I mean? It's, it's specifically made for people that can move their hips. It's specifically made for people that can dance. It's specifically made for people that can skate. Or live the club. like it's, it's specifically made for people like that. And if you're not, you know, if you're a rapidy rap rap fan, lyric fan, this ain't for you. So don't call something trash when you, it's not for you. If you want to listen to that, go listen to Certified Little Boy. Or go listen to another album by another artist. That He, he didn't make that for you. It's a reason why he put it as dance instead of hip hop and R&B. It's Drake. He's a, he's going to do these type of things. You know what I mean? And honestly, I'm all for it. I love it because it just it just shows that he's not one dimensional, that he's not just going to do the same thing over and over again, that he can do a certain type of sound and still dominate and still kill the game with that sound. You know what I mean? It's some certain songs like the song that you heard in the beginning is from that album. Drake is always going to give you at least one or two classics. That 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 was that will stand the test of time, and I feel like that song is one of those songs. Listen to that song at a party. Listen to that song in your car. Listen to that song, you know, while you're in the club or while you're skating or you know while you're working out. And tell me it's not gonna get you moving. Tell me it's not gonna get you motivated. Tell me it's not gonna get you pumped. Tell me it's not gonna give you energy. When you feeling low and you feeling unmotivated, put that dance album on, put that Drake album on, and tell me you're not gonna feel better. That I feel like that's one of those albums that'll get you moving, that'll get you out of that that funk. And I feel like we need that right now. It's the summertime. What the fuck do we need a a lyrical spiritual miracle, miracle album right now? I mean, like for it's the summertime. People are outside clubbing. People are outside at the beach. People are in the skating rinks. People are are in the gyms. Working out, doing outside workouts. You need some music like that to keep you moving, keep you keep you motivated, keep you happy. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying this is his best album. I'm not saying, you know, it's his top three best album. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm taking it for what he gave it to us as. A dance project. And for a dance project, he has some great songs on him. Now, out of 10, I would rate it a 6 to 7 out of 10. You know, it's not the best, but it's not trash either. You know what I mean? It's above average. It's cool. Good solid seven or six. By the end of probably, by the next month or so, it's going to be a seven or eight. So, you got to let people give, you know... People got to let things get, get give time. It just came out not even 24 hours ago. You know what I mean? Like my favorite, some of my favorite tracks from it are "Currents," "A Keeper," "Calling My Name," "Flights Booked," which is my favorite, "Overdrive," which is my second favorite, "Downhill," and "Jimmy Cooks." Those are seven of my of my of my favorite favorite ones from up here so far. Um, as the weeks go on, as the months go on, I'm gonna add more to this list, of course. Um, I like the intro too. I like the intro. But yeah. Um, also, would like to congratulate Steph Curry 
and the Golden State Warriors for winning the NBA championship last night in game six. Um, Steph came to play. Um, the whole Golden State Warriors came to play. And I'm real I'm real happy for them, man. It it goes to the it goes to the to the question. Is Steph Curry a top ten all time player? Now, when I think about that, it's kinda it get it, it he's definitely top fifteen, but it gets it gets real, real chippy, real, real nasty when you start saying top ten. Because top ten, you got people like LeBron, Jordan, um, Kobe, Tim Duncan, Magic, Kareem, um, Shaq. You got people like that in the top ten. You know what I mean? That's all, that's seven people I just named. So I still didn't mention. You know, you got you got honorable mentions, or you got people that could be in the top ten, like Larry Bird, Hakeem Olajuwon. Well, Chamberlain, um, did I say Tim Duncan? I feel like I said Tim Duncan. You know, people like that. Like, um, then you have Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. You got people like that. So, I feel like Steph Curry is the second greatest point guard of all time. If somebody say they take Steph Curry in a in a top five all time, I mean, uh, and they in the starting five top all time starting five starting lineup, and you got to go by position. I don't have a problem with somebody saying Steph Curry at point guard. I don't have a problem. Everybody don't... I mean, I understand the reason why you would go Steph Curry. Everybody don't have to pick Magic. You know what I mean? Magic is going to be my number one point guard of all time. But by the end of Steph's career, I feel like Steph is going to be the greatest point guard of all time. He already has four rings, finals MVP, two uh, regular season MVPs, one of them being unanimous. So, I feel like he he he's he's top ten all time. You got to think about it. I mean, Hakeem. He has a better resume than Hakeem. Um. Uh, Larry Bird. Let's see here. Larry Bird is. I feel like Steph and Larry Bird, like, I'm talking about not skill-wise, of course, because we already know that answer. Steph Curry is, come on. But I'm talking about, like, as a as a career, milestones and achievements, it's kind of hard, I would think, to put him in the top 10. But I wouldn't be mad if somebody put him in the top 10. And when it all boils down to it, he's going to be in the top 10 top seven all time when he's done i feel like i feel like they got at least one or two more rings in them like one or two more championship runs i ain't gonna say they might win but i'm saying they might have you know one or two more championship runs to go forward that title to to chase it you know what i mean um, currently honestly i i would put him in my top 10 like Larry Bird is out of there, to me. So, I, he'd be he'd be in the bottom bottom half of the ten. To me, he'd be in the second five for sure, because my top five is already set in stone. My top five in this order: my top five is LeBron one, Jordan two, Kobe three, Magic four, Kareem five. 
Um, when it goes to my favorites and pure talent, I believe that Kevin Durant is a top 10 all-time player. But it is what it is. I mean, um, I would like to thank you all for listening to this podcast. I would like to thank you all for being patient with me. Um, while I am suffering this setback, um, minor setback for a major comeback, um, the grind don't stop. I love you all for supporting me. Love you all for being there for me and, and, and sharing my content, liking my comment, content, commenting on my content. Let me know your feedback. On um, the quarter of the day, we'll be at the end of the vi- we'll be at the end of the episode. Excuse me, and I see you all next week. Love you all. So today, though Islam is my religious philosophy, my political, economic, and social philosophy is black nationalism. You and I... As I say, if we bring up religion, we'll have differences, we'll have arguments, we'll never be able to get together. But if we keep our religion at home, keep our religion in the closet, keep our religion between ourselves and our God. But when we come out here, we have a fight that's common to all of us against the enemy who is common to all of us. Whether you are, whether you are a Christian or a Muslim or a nationalist, we all have the same problem. They don't hang you because you're a Baptist, they hang, hang you because you're black. They don't attack me because I'm a Muslim. They attack me because I'm black. They attack all of us for the same reason. All of us catch hell from the same enemy. We're all in the same bag, in the same boat. We suffer political oppression, economic exploitation, and social degradation. All of them from the same enemy. The government has failed us. You can't deny that. Anytime you live in the 20th century and you walking around here singing, we shall overcome, the government has failed. This is part of what's wrong with you. You do too much singing. Today it's time to stop singing and start swinging. And the generation that's coming up now can see it and are not afraid to say it. If you you go to jail, so what? If you're black, you were born in jail. If you're black, you were born in jail in the North as well as the South. Stop talking about the South. Long as you south of the, long as you south of the Canadian border, you're South. It'll be the, the ballot, or it'll be the bullet. It'll be liberty, or it'll be death. And if you're not ready to pay that price, don't use the word freedom in your vocabulary.